Okay, Project Parts, episode three. Welcome to the podcast. I am John. This is Nick. We're not going with last names this week. Hooray. And I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who liked the last podcast, because what are you sitting on? I got a new chair. We got I a new chair. chair. So thank Confetti. you, everybody. Yes, thank you so much for liking the video. I, I have a comfy chair now. I don't feel so terrible, and this is good. This is good. I think it's uh, we're making progress. Things are really looking up. Things are looking up. So... Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to move into the topic of this video. There's going to be like two topics we're going to kind of hit on this this podcast, and that is going to be inventory prep. A lot of people have asked about inventory prep, what we do, reports we run, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to touch on at the end about RIM, which yes. ugh, good, the good, the bad, uh, and <laughs> how different manufacturers and different, uh, different types of RIM can uh, be good or bad. So we're going to go over all of that. So stick around. Yeah, hang out for that. That's hang, exciting. Hang out for that. Yeah, hang out for it. <laughs> There's an inside joke to that. Well, maybe we'll get into that later. Someday, but when we're famous someday and we have a Q&A. <laughs> yeah, when somebody asks us when we're famous, uh, you know, why do you guys say hang uh, instead of hang? <laughs> We'll explain it then. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Yes. Uh, inventory prep. I think uh, <clears throat> kind of the big question is why Why do we prep for inventory? What's the point of prepping for inventory? Why even do inventory? What is inventory? What is inventory? Where does it come from? <laughs> Where does it go? Where does it go? Uh, I think, you know, inventory prep is just inventory is important. And maybe we actually talk about why inventory is important. What, how do you feel about inventory? What's your What's your take on inventory, physical inventory? So inventory in general is why I love being in parts. Yeah. Um, I don't like managing people as much. That kind of is terrible, but yeah. I do love managing parts. I yes. like telling a part, you sit on the shelf now, this is where you live, and yeah. it doesn't talk back. Yeah. It doesn't show up late for yeah. work, and it just does what it's supposed doesn't to do. Complain. It sits there. Yeah. It, doesn't, like, it doesn't complain about the other parts. Right. It's not like, oh, that part over there has a better spot on the shelf. Right. So it's perfect. I yeah. just, you know, I put it there. I'm happy. It looks good. I take it, and then I sell it, and everything's happy. It's good. Very understandable. So for me, inventory is like the Super Bowl. Like yeah. It is. Yeah. The most exciting time of the year for me. Yeah, I've um, always I've always enjoyed physical inventory, and I've always been weird about it. Like uh, inventory has always just been like super fun for me. Like we get pizza sometimes. I mean, depends sometimes. That's what that's what you're gonna do. The pizza, the food <laughs> the pe aspect, <laughs> the food aspect of uh, inventory is what's amazing. Uh, but no, it's just always a cool. It's not like your regular day of work. It's like you know you've done all this work to get to this point here. Like you said, it's like the Super Bowl. You know, you've done all this work. You've practiced all these practices. You've done all this stuff. You've beat all these teams. You've advanced to the finals, and here we are, the day of inventory. It's like Christmas. It feels like. It also feels like. Um how your inventory turns out is how you're going to be graded as mm -hmm. a manager. Oh, how absolutely. Your how your department runs. And absolutely. Even if your GM doesn't care right. or your owner doesn't really care Somebody that much. Does. Like, like to me, when I see that those numbers come back from inventory and I see yeah. what my variance was and yeah. where we were at, like it just feels like this is what I was trying to do. Yes. Like I was trying to be as best as I can. And this is the, uh, the affirmation of how good I did or how yeah. bad I did, right. quite honestly. Or, right, right. or what I've changed, how I've fixed, how I've... Yeah grown the department yeah. or how I've made things better or improved any right. of the four pillars. I mean, right. it's, 
Well, yeah, and you, you, we talk about accuracy, and I mean, this is what inventory is all about, is accuracy. Uh, and, you know, if you're over or under, if your variance is off one way or the other, it, like you said, the GM might not care, the owner might not even care, but somebody's going to care. Somebody's going to care if you come up short, you know? Right, like, yeah. If that's if, a big deal. If you, know? you come up under the office by $30,000. Yes, yeah. Uh, you better explain where that $30,000 You've got went. some explaining to do, Lucy. <laughs> That was amazing. Yeah, that was thank amazing you. impression. Thank you. Do you do voiceovers? <laughs> I do. You actually. should. You should do more. It's amazing. <laughs> I do. Uh, Perfect. But yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, I, so the ultimate goal, I think, for inventory is just to make sure what you show in inventory is actually there. You don't have parts going out the back door. Some guys not just writing off a bunch of parts and selling them on eBay or you know whatever it is. Because that's. It seems like if you're ever short, that's what uh, management, upper management. Or accounting seems to think that's like, the first thing they jump to is like yeah I'm yeah. missing a headlight oh well somebody must have stolen somebody it. somebody stole and it and sold it on and, the internet and took it out of the inventory and took it put it in their truck right somebody <laughs> or just, car somebody just randomly walked out with a giant headlight box and right. just like oh dude, what are you taking there Fred no, nothing <laughs> nothing to see here nothing just, to see this here is garbage I'm gonna this take it home garbage. and throw it away it's, I love I collect garbage I keep these boxes they're nice <laughs> they're for very nice you know, storing for Christmas yes, yeah packaging I put the kids toys in this yeah it's, it's exactly what I do yes uh, yeah I don't know why they always think it's theft but you know because it would take a lot to like who first of all like especially if like what you're missing is a bunch of crappy parts. Right. <laughs> like, right. Why would anyone steal crappy parts? Fifteen-year-old like fender right. brackets. Right. <laughs> yeah, I said yeah. I had ten of these. I have none. What's fender, going on? Fender bracket for like a '90 Bronco. Meanwhile, like, your counter person's laughing maniacally. Right. <laughs> There's a market for everything. I'm going to sell these brackets. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't it's know. all profit. I win. Typically, I think if if you are off, especially if you're short, it comes down to some sort of error or something. Like either it was posted in, it wasn't supposed to be posted in, or maybe you threw it away. Uh, you and you meant to write it off, and you had money allocated for it, and you just didn't write it off. I Gave don't it out, forgot to sold, sell it. Yeah, you know. I the, mean, so, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can be. But it's funny how it's always theft. Theft is the first thing. If we have a variance, it must be theft. Yep. Somebody is stealing. Bunch things. of hoodlums back there. No, wait, wait a minute. I only have me and one other person in the department. So right. what are you trying to right. tell me? What are you like, telling me? Are you accusing me of stealing parts? Maybe like, it's the manufacturer. Maybe right. they're not delivering the parts. Right. And they're selling them. They're just telling you they right. didn't. Yeah. I'd rather be accused of, like, mismanaging my department rather than Stealing <laughs> theft, yes, like, blatantly stealing yeah. from the company. Yeah, that seems weird. Weird, but um, so I think yeah. But the ultimate goal is just to make sure that what you show on hand is actually there. And there will always be variances. There's always going to be some things, and we're going to get into why we prep for inventory so that we can um, shrink those variances. I think yeah. yeah. Make sure those variances aren't out of control. Uh, I always want to go into inventory knowing kind of what we have, knowing what to expect. Yeah, I don't want to be surprised where they find you right. know what's you know what's this tote full of parts that yeah. are sitting up here. Like, uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> right, and so no surprises on inventory. So let's kind of get into that. I mean, on that to that, yeah. and I've seen departments where uh, certain somebody was not processing returns from shops. Mm. They were taking the parts, putting them in a butt like a big box upstairs yeah. hiding it behind bumper covers oh wow and then come inventory time all of a sudden you have an entire box full of parts wow why are these here and the shops never asked about 
where my credit is. Yeah, I could see that. Apparently not. Yeah, I could see Stuff that. Stuff just, you know, goes under the radar. So for a whole year, yeah. you're just accumulating wow. parts that randomly show back up on inventory. So shady. So now <clears throat> explain how you have these write-ins, where this stuff comes yeah, from. Yeah, right. What? And... I mean, I guess, yeah, you hang on to it. So if the shop does call back, uh, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I got that here. I'll give you credit, you know. But, yep, but why not just do credit when they return it? Yeah, just, uh, wow. Yeah, I've uh, seen that before. There is a lot of stuff that goes on. <laughs> it's not quite both, perfect. Both service and parts, I will say. Like, uh, I've seen it all. So I've not seen it all, Wait, but I've seen a lot. Don't you dare accuse a service department of anything nefarious. <laughs> no. You stop that now, nefarious. sir. Nefarious. Word of the day. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, when when do you think we should start prep for inventory? When should that start? The day after inventory. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, as honestly, soon as, no. yeah. I mean, because you, you do it all year. Yeah. All year is inventory prep, technically. Because right. yes. um, you're always running perpetual bin checks. Because only in a perfect world and in a perfect situation where everything went perfectly yes. would your inventory match be every day on. and be spot on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, 100% accuracy is great in theory, not possible. Yeah, and if, um, you know, I've been where, you know, we would count our own inventory. We wouldn't have an outside company do it. Um, and you almost, you know. You, you, you build in inaccuracies because. Yeah, right, right. You almost have to, like, show some sort of inaccuracy because if you're doing things a certain way, you could be 100% accurate, which is a little suspicious. Well, I mean, a little suspicious yeah. to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Unless the owner doesn't care and he's like, right. hey, what a great well, job. Well, you, you're an amazing well, yeah. manager. Yeah. If the owner doesn't know anything about parts or, you know, if the GM doesn't know, you know, if nobody yeah. knows anything about parts, they're thinking, wow, let's take this guy out to dinner. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. I am amazing. At I my am job. amazing. Thank I didn't you. just make adjustments the entire year to get back to 100% right. accuracy. Right. No, 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 no. I this didn't is, just fudge the numbers to make it look right. I um, manage a real impeccable department. <laughs> impeccable. See? Impeccable. Uh, can we say that on the air? Impeccable? I don't know. I don't know. Might have to censor that. I don't know. Are we getting canceled? <laughs> well, we made, Not yet. we made two and a half episodes. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Further than we thought we'd make it. Lifelong dream accomplished. <laughs> so yeah, we start inventory right after uh, the next inventory or the, the inventory, because what you're doing on a daily basis is everything you do on a daily basis. Things we talked about in the last podcast about reports, everything we do is, um, in order to help us be accurate with our inventory. So you're constantly working on it. It's not like you just flip a switch and okay, now it's time to prep for inventory. There are certain things that we do that with. And I think that's like pre-counts, which I guess we could talk about pre-counts. Yeah. Um, so I would say, um, well, depending on how big your department is, yeah. depending on how much staff you have and how busy you are, yeah. one to two months before your inventory date yeah. is when you would start your pre-counts. Yep. So I just I feel like you're just going to go through, you run your RBBs, your bin checks. Mm -hmm. and you, your bin list. Yeah, you print your bin, your bin list. list yep. um, start sorting your parts, yep. organize them the way they need to be organized, and counting them just to see what's there. Mm -hmm. Now you can make adjustments if yep. you say, well, I'm just going to have to have this inaccuracy at inventory. Right. It'll be trued up then, but yeah. uh, it's it gives you a good idea mm -hmm coming up to inventory, what you're going to have. Yes. I think the the goal with pre-counts for me is, first of all, you print out your bin sheet and you make sure there's no bins in there that don't exist or are weird. Like sometimes there's like a period or a semicolon or a backslash. Or, or like one space S equals 100. Yeah. That's always a bin. Yeah. That's, that's always been. Yeah. 
you, you clean those out. You make sure everything, all your bins are correct. And then you just, yeah, you print it out, put it on a clipboard, and you just start going down the list, and you count everything. My theory is that you make adjustments as you go. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. Uh, if it's not there and it's somewhere else, you're going to find it. If it's yeah. not there because some error, well, it's going to get written off anyway. So my goal is, though, <clears throat> like to be going into inventory with a confident number that I know I have. So like I've counted everything. Now there's going to be variances that kind of uh, shift up and down throughout. Like after you count a bin, some stuff can happen. Well, things, yeah, things get sold, things get put in, things yeah. get taken, you know. But if, if you're really off on something, it's best to fix that before inventory, just so you kind of have a good idea going in what you have. Not um, to mention, you don't want to be there for 14 hours trying to do inventory because yeah. of write-ins or yes. random parts showing up yes. and variance reports. You have to yeah. keep going back to the yep. same bin over and over and over again. It yeah. takes forever. Nobody wants to be at work on a Saturday or Sunday for 14, yep. 15 hours. Yeah, I think the ultimate diss for a department is if you have a lot of write-ins because that's just like you're just not doing your job. You just put parts on a shelf and walked away. Right. And it's just so then you weren't running your no bin report, which right. is what we talked about last yep. time. It so. all kind of comes together here, right. you know. And that's why, like you said, the Super Bowl. It's like everything you do on a daily basis kind of all comes down to that day. It builds right into that day. It's <clears throat> yeah. huge. There's so many people, and there's, you know, for me too, um, how clean it is. Yeah. Because you have people coming in to count that yes. have never seen your department before. Right. They're completely new to this. They're random yep. people walking in. Yep. So. If you have a nice, clean, organized, straightforward department, yep. and they can come in and just check, 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 yep. and knock it out. Yep. I mean, think about how much better that makes your job and how much yep. better it makes you look, too, because yeah. they're going to every other dealership in the area or Word even in the state. Yep. And, you know, some of these people are going to be like, wow, I wish yeah. we could count that, guys. Yeah. And you can build connections to yeah. this because some of these people counting are other parts people. Yep. And just the doorways it opens up down the road. If you need to hire somebody and they apply. Yep. I'm going to apply at this place because yep. these guys run a clean, efficient yep. inventory. That's huge. It's like it's all just a big circle. It's like the circle of parts. It is. And it's it's networking. I mean, and like you said, you hit on it perfectly. Word of mouth is like everything in parts. So like <clears throat> so you have those inventories or you have those uh, dealership parts that, you know, you've heard nightmare stories about. Like, oh, my God, it took us three days to count that store. Oh, really, man, they must not be doing a good job. You know, and so if you do have a clean inventory and everything goes nice and smooth, you know, that just goes a long, long way. Um, as far as inventory prep, too. So yeah. a couple days before inventory or a day mm -hmm. before, um, that's when you want to go out and count your bulk items. Yeah. So your oil, yep. you should have those pre-counted yep. and accurate for the inventory people so you can give them a number when they walked in because yep. they're not going to go out there and dip the tanks. No. Um, Freon. Yep. So depending on how you bill out Freon um, – you're going to have to have a technician or somebody run the report on mm -hmm. the machine yep. to grab you what's on the, what's physically out there and what you have in stock and put those numbers together. That's another yep. thing that you need to have ready for inventory people yep. when they come in. Yes. Because they're not going to go out and do that. And that can right. throw your counts way off if you forget that you have a 30-pound tank or a 10-pound tank of the new stuff out in the shop. Yep. And you're selling it by ounces. That's quite a bit. That's yeah. going to throw that off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bulk, so bulk stuff the day before, a couple mm -hmm. days before, depending on when your inventory is. Yeah. I like the day before. That way it's just the most accurate. 
Right, um, like the afternoon before yeah. I'm doing it, because then nothing should really change that much in right. a couple hours. Especially if you're having it done on a Saturday, you know, it's Friday afternoon, pretty much nothing's going on in the shop anyways most of the time. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the bulk stuff is important. Count that right before. Um, and I mean, like oil, we count every month. We count that every month. Tires, <coughs> not so much, but uh, that's probably a whole nother video. Counting tires? Yeah. Tire managing tire, the tire inventory? Yeah, that's like a whole thing. I think somebody else did a video on that recently. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably shouldn't watch that. <laughs> so I think um, let's talk about then like what happens um, after the physical's complete. Like uh, there's a whole nother step to this. So uh, the physical inventory is basically just going to show what you have versus what you show and the also variances factor in work in process. Yeah. You got to um, factor in work claims, in process. Claims. Cores. Yep. This all needs to be factored in before inventory. Part of inventory prep. You need to make yep. sure you have all that in line too. Yeah. You have to be able to have that. Your dirty cores, your clean yep. cores, your, I mean, all that stuff needs to be factored in ahead of time. Yep. Um, so that way after the, cause they're, again, they're not counting that. <clears throat> nope. So you have to provide those numbers to yep. your inventory people. And then that will feed into your after inventory. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, I have everything, all that's all prepped, ready to go. And all I do is I just slide it across the table, hand it to uh, whoever's doing the inventory and they factor that in because yeah, your work in process. I mean, that all adds value to your inventory. If you didn't count that and then you, you would end up being super short from the office, which that's kind of a big deal. The accounting side of this. So after physical inventory, uh, you then have to, um, take what you have and what you show your number and take that compared to the office, what the accounting office shows. And then that is really more or less what the, I think upper management looks at is what the variance between the office and parts is. Yeah. Let's be, they don't care what you have. Yeah. They care what your variance is to the office right. because that's going to show that you're not posting, not receiving. Yeah. Stealing, apparently. Yeah, yeah that's right. The first thing. Yeah, and that's um, that's money. Like that's where you yeah. actually either are going to fork up a bunch of money that you screwed up, or uh, you're going to end up making money on your inventory. Because if the just real quick, if hand stuff, if Here the we go. hand stuff, if the office has to increase their value to where yours is. That is money. That's gross. That's like money that the business, the dealership can take, and that is just pure profit. Uh, now, the opposite side of that, if <clears throat> you have to lower your, or if the office has to lower their inventory to match yours, then that's money that you have to basically stroke a check for, and that is gross out the door. And uh, then I think you have some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, depending on the variance, I mean, what, yeah. what's the standard? Like, Two percent, two percent, yeah. yeah. Two you want to be two percent within two percent plus minus, and you might have to explain a plus as well. Yeah, don't, don't think that yeah, that yeah. you just get off scot free because yeah. it's you know you're above. Now I will say if you're if you're consistently over the office, it raises less questions, but it also it depends on I think who the office manager is because I've seen office managers who when you're over. Uh, they're like, what did you do? Like, what shady things have you done back there to to create such an overage? Because right. I don't know if I guess it makes them look bad if they're short, the same way we look bad if we're short. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about being in the accounting office, so yeah, I mean, we should have an accounting person <coughs> over there. We need another microphone. Yeah, right. fifty likes. We get. No, I'm just kidding. We get caller line one, line one. <laughs> yeah, nobody's nobody's calling in. Nobody <laughs> wants to be part of this. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's that's usually the big deal. That's like the what the end result is is what you are off 
from the office, whether it's plus or minus. Usually if you're within 2% of your total inventory value, um, then you're good. Um, if it's more or less, usually if you're over, eh, you know, it's money. So who's going to really question that? But if you're short, if it's a lot, that's bad. That's really Very bad. bad. That's like yeah. update your resume, bad. And depending like, on, think about just in, in scale of like the size of your inventory, 2% yeah. of a million dollars yeah. is a lot. Yes. So yeah. imagine if you were 6% of a million dollars. Uh-huh. 10%. 10%. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot that's a of lot money lot that's of money. just either you have to explain or account for. Right. And you have no explanation. Yeah. Then you're going to have to. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. Not, not good at all. Not a good why thing. Why did you get fired from your last right. job? And that's, that's exactly why we talk about the daily process, the, the things that we do on a daily basis to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, things can just yeah. spiral so quickly. Right. And that's a, a few a week of yeah. not checking on things, yep. and all of a sudden your inventory skyrockets. Yeah, yeah it's especially when you look at like a rim system, which is right. we'll talk about later yeah. about things that that can play into. Actually, that's a good segue. Let's uh, let's kind of get into rim. So uh, inventory prep, you know, I will maybe we'll go in more depth a little bit later, like exactly what reports to run and what we look at and everything that we actually do on a step to step basis. Um, but in theory, I think that covers everything for inventory prep, why we do it, what happens if it isn't done, what happens if you're off. You know, I mean, this is good info. I think this is good info for you. So, um, but yeah, let's get into RIM real quick. Like the pros and cons of RIM. I guess, like, what is RIM? The retail inventory management. Yeah. So basically, they're going to tell you what to stock. Yeah. Based on parameters that they have set, manufacturer yeah. in this situation. Yep. Um, Overall, I think rim systems are actually really good. Yeah. Um, I just, I like them yeah. for the most part. If they're done correctly. The idea, the yes. overall idea of yes. a rim system makes sense. Yes. Like this part, you know, you sell this part, you should stock this part for at least this minimum amount of time. And yep. then you can return it to us because we said you should stock it because yeah. demand, right. you didn't sell it. Right. Oh, well, that's okay. No big deal. But right. you had it. And it, yes, it increases your inventory considerably. It adds mm-hmm. a lot of yes. money to your inventory. 15%. But, well... <laughs> <laughs> but um, think about how much more breadth you have in your inventory. You yeah. have so much more range, and it yeah. might just be stuff you didn't think to order or that didn't trigger in your DMS order because mm-hmm. maybe you know this rim system says, well, you know, two demands in four months, you should right. have it, and right. you have it set for three and six or something. Yeah. You know, different parameters. Yeah. So, so the the good with that is if a rim, like I said, if it's done correctly. So I think a good rim system should really be based on your local market. Not not just maybe your department, but maybe the department on the other side of town and the department on the opposite side of town and maybe like a certain radius to your department, which is awesome because now you have access to like what other people are doing as well. So if this is selling here and here, uh, chances are pretty good you're going to sell it. So you may not have sold it yet. But uh, other places in your local climate have sold it. So it's going to suggest that. If done incorrectly, it's going to do it on like a national basis. And if it's selling in California and Florida, I'm going to stock it in Ohio, which is that oh, I don't agree with. You've just dis- disclosed our location. <laughs> Sorry. Ohio. Oh, my God. It's narrowing down. Now they're going to come for us. Ford in Ohio. Oh, no. And you said Ford again. People probably <laughs> forgot that from last time. Now you just threw that back out there. Well, Bacinas. <laughs> <laughs> That's my last name. They're going to find me now. I have no internet presence, but they'll oh, find me. Um, yeah. yeah. So that is a problem too. So yeah. it should be local market based. Like yeah. it should just, that's the only thing that makes sense. Right. But when they start certain manufacturers, their rim programs, they like to 
you know, weigh the part with like 60 different parameters on one part number. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense no. because I don't care that they sell it on the West Coast. I don't care that they sell it on the East Coast. Right. I care that they what we sell here right. in this general area. My dealership and surrounding dealerships. And I mean, think That's about it. like a down south dealer where there's no rust. Right. And these cars... These cars last longer, yeah. and they sell a lot of parts for older cars yeah. that we will never see because these cars have fallen apart. They yeah. have disintegrated into piles of rust. Right. They don't move anymore. Yeah. If I'm selling a bunch of somethings like uh, reinforcements or something due to the amount of salt on the ground, why should a dealership in Florida stock that exactly, where yeah. they don't have any salt? That's, they don't yeah. have, I mean, it's just not... It's Yeah, it's the same. I'm, I'm applying it specifically to my situation, but <laughs> yeah, it goes both ways too. Why should they stock right, stuff that right. is... It's, it's silly. Salt it's stupid, states. and it's... it's you know, for most time, I mean, this is going to be kind of like a blunt uh, comment here, but I think it's just some young kids who have, oh boy, you know, trying to <laughs> just trying to make a name for themselves, trying to justify their income. <laughs> and, uh, here we go. You know, it's it's they don't they've never worked a day in parts. They've never, ever, ever have any idea what parts even what the daily to do is on a parts department, but they want to tell you how to run it. There's no stopping him now, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I, I will calm down. <laughs> I really let it loose there. <laughs> um, yeah, so but I mean, it's just frustrating. And then, so like you've seen a rim program that has done well. Tell us about that program. Yeah, so Parts Eye is the one specifically, yeah. and that functioned really well. A lot of people didn't like it, but I, I did because I run a clean, managed inventory, yeah. and so yeah, it increases my inventory every day. I get new parts. But these, again, these are parts based on my demands and my mm -hmm. sales, my law sales, which law sales is a really touchy topic yeah, with parts yeah, managers. Yeah, and people yeah. are a little bit on mm. edge about law sales. That's a good topic for another video. Yeah. Mm. But I, sometimes you need to do a law sale because yeah. if you don't have a tie rod end for four times in a row, yeah. mm, kind of bad. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so that functioned really well. It, it The phase-in was a little aggressive. It was mm -hmm. like, I think, one in four, I think, for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But they also offered a really good uh, hold list. Mm -hmm. So like when it recommended a part, you could say, no, 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 no. I'm going to put this on my hold list until it sells again because yeah. I don't think I need it yet. And yeah, yeah you had to maintain 85% compliance in this situation. Mm -hmm. But 85% is easy to do. That's I mean, easy. You yeah. can do 85%. is nothing. Yeah. Right. Now, switch over to Synchron, yeah. which is the room management system we deal with now. Yeah. And it's absolutely terrible. It's horrible. It just pushes so Everything. many parts on you. It just dumps parts on you constantly. And it wants you to, st and it tries to trick you. Yeah. That's the thing that, yeah. the, the trickery where it'll put an, uh, an engine on your yep. suggested stock list that you've never sold, never did a loss sale, never looked up, never done anything with. Yep. And it'll set the cost on the rim system as a penny. Yep. So you're if you're just going based on like cost, uh, cost like, and you're just trying to, you know, pad your number with just bringing in a bunch of low cost parts because your compliance standard is 95% yeah which is 90 90 90 90% compliance which is a lot yeah it's a little, a little high but well I mean I maybe standard but I think like 85 is pretty good that's attainable for sure 90 is challenging but you know like if you do sort it by price and you bring in a bunch of low cost parts if you bring in a engine for a penny 
then guess what? Right. You're married to that number, and guess what? It is not a penny. It yeah, is, it's not really a penny, but the rim system, for some reason, has decided that today, when I suggest it to you, it'll be a penny on my end. When yeah. you get it, it's really a $3,000 yeah, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, part. $3,500, part. Joke's yeah. on you. <laughs> you <laughs> gotcha. took it. Yeah, and once you say yes to that part, it is yours. It, you're married to it. Like, well, that's, So that's the other thing, too. Parts I, um, in this situation, their return was nine months, no sale. Nice. You can return it. So yeah. 10th month, yeah. it goes back. Nice. You know, that was easy. St. Cron's like, nope, got to hold it for 12 months. Yeah. One year. You have to hold a part for one year, a part yeah. that we suggested that you had to take. And the other problem is, you know, if you just select everything based on cost to meet mm-hmm. your your criteria, your 95, your 90%. Yeah. Um, why? Because right. now you're just bringing in so many parts that you don't have you any don't have demand any. on whatsoever. Right. And this is stuff that just you haven't even put in your system right. in some cases. Right. And you're literally going to just put it on the shelf. It's, it's going to sit there and then you're going to send it back. For one, yeah. So sit there for a year and then you'll return it. Yeah. And I, what is the purpose? I think the ultimate goal for manufacturers to have RIM programs like that is to just make everybody a small, like a mini depot and to have just increase their sales. Somebody, again, some stupid oh, kid. See, told you. Here we go. Stupid kid who is trying to make a name for themselves went in and said, I know how to boost sales. We'll just have the dealerships buy a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, they have to buy it or else, you know, they're going to not get as much discount and they're not going to get as much reimbursement. It's stupid. I hate it. It's frustrating. <sighs> Rim programs. I mean, if done correctly, if done correctly, are great. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. If you not know. done correctly, if not managed correctly, yeah. are a real pain. And as for you to manage it, I mean, you really need to be up on it. You yeah. need to look at that every day. Really need it to focus because it will trick you. It and will. It will do a lot to. Yep. And then you're stuck with something, and then ugh, you just have to really, you just have to go in every day and figure that what I'm seeing, you know, you have to almost kind of have this like negative view towards everything you're looking at and be like, well, no, I'm not going to stock this because I've never sold it. Right. Do I really need this? Yeah. I mean, and there's some dealerships, I think that like just go in and just approve everything or, you know, not approve everything. And then we can get into like why, you know, there's money tied to this that your department can be making. But ultimately, you know, they're going to do it and it's only going to get worse, I think. And then um, as it applies to inventory too, you want to have a healthy inventory. Right. You don't want to have just a bunch of obsolescence on the shelf. Right. And I mean... Yeah. Also consider the fact that just because RIM suggested it at this time and they say, oh, well, you can return everything we suggest. Yep. That doesn't stop a manufacturer from saying, you know what? Sorry, that part's no return. Right. No. So you can always consider that when taking a big item. You yeah. know, for example, if it recommends a sheet metal part. Right. And hey, sheet metal is not returnable. Right. But they told me to stock it. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't return it. You can't return but it. You said I can return anything Ooh. that you suggest. Ooh, yeah. If sheet metal, for instance, like a fender or a hood, if you bring it in, that's fine. But if you send that part out and somebody opens it or the bands are broken on it and then you're then you're married to it, which is really frustrating because it's almost like you don't want to sell it because, you know, somebody's going to open that box. And as soon as you sell that part, somebody's going to open that box and then you're stuck with it because you can't return it. Or uh, I've seen this, too, where certain programs will say, yes, this is on rim. You order it, you get it, you stock it. Twelve months later, they've now said it's not on rim, and you're stuck with it. 
Right. So they're just, again, you have to just be aware of what they're suggesting yep. to you and make informed decisions about your department. Yep. And you can do everything you can to stay in compliance, but understand that that doesn't mean that they're going to take care of you right. the way you're trying to take care of what they're making you take care of. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, the best, I think, RIM programs to have money tied to it to where they want you to jump through all these hoops. They want you to do all this stuff. That's fine. Pay me, you know, like make me have some kind of incentive. Like our manufacturer is a pretty good uh, incentive to do it. I've seen other manufacturers where there's no incentive at all. Right. And I've done it with no incentive, but again, yeah. I didn't mind because I was doing this stuff anyways. Like right, I had right. my phase and parameter set. Yeah. I was stocking the stuff anyways. Yeah. This was just suggesting it to me and letting me guarantee return it. Yeah. So I, I didn't mind. It yeah. wasn't that big of a deal to me to just yeah. use that program instead of yeah ordering the way I was before. But I do love looking at inventory management. So I like... I like looking at numbers and dialing mm -hmm. in reports and stuff. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it can be really good. It can yeah. be really bad. Yes. I don't know that there's a middle ground. There really isn't. It's either good or bad. From my experience, it's either really good or it's really bad. Yeah. And there's no, I don't see like a, yeah, a, a middle ground. Like, yeah, it's yeah. good here, but uh, it could do this, but no. You I mean, know, yeah, there's always things you want to improve, but I mean, it either works or it doesn't, I think. That's the other thing. Like if you, if you can make constant tweaks to something to make it better, that's great. But if like... Our manufacturer that we work with, it's like if th this is what they came out with two years later, it's the exact same thing. And it's as junky as it was when it first started. And now it's you're just, getting into specific tirades now. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but it's just frustrating. It's like make little tweaks to it to make it better, you know, like make the interface better, make the software better, make stop telling so many parts of the penny, you tricksters. Yeah, you little you little tricksters. You little hoodlums. Hoodlums. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I think that's a good video. I think that's good. I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah. Uh, make sure you comment with any questions or yeah. any future yeah, topics, yeah, yeah. anything you want us to talk about. Yeah. And anything more specific you want to talk about. Yeah. And then the email should be up here again somewhere. Yeah, we'll throw the email up here and uh, we'll say, uh, what is it? Manage your parts at gmail.com. That's, that's how it. you can get a hold of us. We're on Facebook. Go check us out on Facebook, Project Parts. Instagram, Project Parts, and uh, yeah. I, you know what? If you guys have any interesting ways of storing bumper covers, too, ooh. I would love to see um, different perspectives on how yeah. people store yeah. parts because yeah. Yeah. pretty standard part goes in bin, but like big bulky stuff, yeah. I'm always thinking about new ways to, to store things. And right mm -hmm. now, ours are hung yeah. kind of like... Uh, yeah, kind of like meat at a butcher shop. <laughs> it is, which works kind of yeah. for the most part. But uh, uh, but I'm yeah. always looking for new ways. If you guys you know want to interact a little more, I mean, yeah. feel free to throw pictures up of what you guys, how you guys stock things. Yeah, and, and specifically bumpers, because yeah, I think we could use a little help in that area. I think we all um, could use a little help. Yeah, bumpers are a tough thing to to really do unless you have a, like a ton of space and you have a whole warehouse dedicated to it. Um, you know, when we're trying to fit in a lot of inventory into a parts dealership, uh, sometimes it can be a little tough because your rim system has dumped an extra yeah. $200,000 of inventory on you. Yeah. You yeah. keep fitting things and in. You just kind of keep packing in. it in. So yeah, just, I know. mean, if you guys feel like interacting, that'd be cool to see some yeah. pictures of how you store things, big things. And yep. All right. That's cool. I think we're done here. Uh, we will see you guys in the next video slash podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for the chair. Thanks for the chair. Don't forget to like this video. Maybe we'll get Nick something else. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what else we can get you. <laughs> I don't know. Something new every time. That's right. amazing. Oh, my God. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Like. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. That's Thanks it. Everybody. We'll see you guys. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye.